You're listening to Muscles, Motherhood, and Motivation. I'm your host, Chloe Puff. Friends, you guys, I have someone really important to introduce you to, and I'll tell you, I can attest to her caliber of awesomeness because Mm -hmm. she and I are in the same mastermind coaching group together, and she and I do very different things, but we have a common goal, which is really just to help people unlock their potential. And she is such a badass kind of spiritual leader, I will just say. She didn't give me like an official title, but that's how I'm going to introduce her. Um, so I would love for you. Yeah. <laughs> so I am so excited to have you here, Miss Jenny Henderson. Tell us about yourself. Thank you, Chloe. And you know what? I love that. I love that spiritual leader. Um, I'm a big fan of affirmations and I'm a big fan of stepping into your power and owning your truth. And that has been one that I've been um, using for quite some time because as everybody else does, I have a big giant ego that tries to keep me safe inside of my comfort zone and throws things like imposter syndrome in my, in my path. And I've been using that affirmation. I am a spiritual leader. I am a spiritual leader and it feels good and freeing and powerful and beautiful all at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you are like something about your energy is just very, um, unique and it's very like, it's very tangible. Like I feel I can, I can really feel the way that you present yourself in the world just from, I don't know, everything from like your written posts, um, to just like, even when we're in the same, you know, like on the same coaching calls, even just the way that you ask questions and just present yourself is it's very palatable the way that you present in the world. So thank you for giving that. Thank you. So I would love to hear what, what is it that you are doing currently in terms of how you're actually showing up um, as a coach, I, I know some people are curious, like who you are, and what you do. Yeah, this has been quite the journey, actually. Um, I'm going to backtrack quite a bit um, to say that, like so many of us in the coaching industry, um, coaching sort of fell into my lap. I I never expected to be a coach. Um, I didn't ever strive to be a coach. I had invested in a couple of coaches in my own health and fitness journey because I realized that I needed help and I didn't know what I was doing. And I kept trying all sorts of different things to lose weight. And, um, through that journey, coaching sort of fell into my lap. I had people asking me left, right, and center, how did I have my physical transformation and, um, could I help them lose weight? And at the time I was, you know, my kids were young and I was juggling jobs that I didn't really feel particularly passionate about and trying to find my way in the world. I used to always joke, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. And like a lot of moms, I feel like I kind of put my own uh, career on the back burner to help support my husband in growing his career. And that's kind of what we did. Like our whole, we uprooted our whole life with our kids and moved across the country for my husband's career. So when my coaching career started, it was very much physical based. Um, I started with teaching my clients how to lose weight in the way that I did, which was repairing my relationship with food and getting rid of the notion that there's such thing as a good food or a bad food and <laughs> yes all of, all of the macros I, I call it um I called it like flexible macros so I just gave my clients um you know here's your calorie goal here's your protein goal and here's your fiber goal because your fiber is my insurance as a coach that you're going to eat some fruits and vegetables Ooh, some yeah, like <laughs> nutritious like food Yeah. Yeah, And it worked. It worked really, really well. All of my clients saw incredible results, but as we are evolving as humans, um, my, my coaching program evolved. I've been coaching for, um, it'll be my ninth year in 2023 and, um, first starting with the physicality and then incorporating a lot of mindset lessons, which I had been, um, learning about through seeing a psychiatrist for five years straight. Um, I'm a big, big fan of therapy. Um, Um, but still therapy, I find only covers one, like we've got to really focus on mind, body, and soul. And previously I was just focused on the body. And then through therapy, I was just focused on the mind. So I was like, Oh, my program's great. It's got 
mindset and body. And then I was like, no, something's still missing here. Like I'm, I'm doing all this spiritual work on my own, but I'm not really confident enough to share it with my clients. And it's actually, um, one of the women that you and I have met through our mutual coach, um, who I ended up hiring as one of my mentors. I'm a big fan of mentorship. I have four coaches at the moment. Um, and she said to me about three years ago, like Jenny, why aren't you sharing your spiritual journey with your, with your clients? Yeah. So I started sharing my spiritual practices with them and teaching them some of the things that I had learned, like how to use Oracle cards, how to use crystals, how to use a pendulum and what does a spiritual awakening look like and feel like, and how to navigate through that. And as I started to incorporate all these different pieces to my program, I realized like, whoa, that old version of Jenny, that health and fitness coach, she's actually, she's not here anymore. She's gone. She's like the serpent who has shed her skin and left it behind. And now there's this new coach here and she is a spiritual leader. And, um, what I'm really focused on today is really helping my clients uncover that generational trauma and those generational cycles and how I came from fitness to that is a long, long story. But I do feel like I have always like any good coach, I have always helped the women that I work with go through what I have gone through. And I realized that my own generational cycles, my own childhood trauma, that was all really holding me back in life. And we can only get so far if we're hanging out in the energy of resent and anger and disappointment and expectation. So once we can learn to get through all of that, we can really propel ourselves in our own personal journey. Yeah. And it's just, it's just the matter of just clearing space like actually taking time to process things and work through things and maybe like spirituality. Like if someone's listening right now and they're like, what the hell is an Oracle card? (laughs) I feel like take this with a grain of salt and be open-minded because, you know, I feel like if you are just of the position of, I want to heal in order for me to do that, I know I need to offload some of the things I've been holding on to. This might just be one avenue to do that. And I love that you said, just like talking through your journey, like it's such a, this is why I'm going to just say this. What you said is exactly why I start women where I start them. Because when you become a mom or when you're planning to become a mom, or if you've been a mom for a while and you haven't actually worked through that transition of any, like in any capacity, that is a massive evolution let's give it some, some TLC. So for me working with moms specifically, like the way that I invite people into my space is through the promise of, you know, exercise, core healing, et cetera. But truly like what you said about the mindset and the spirituality and the evolution of self is really where the growth happens. And that's just, you know, the physical part of this, the exercise. I love that you started out that way because I always try and teach people, not necessarily just clients, that exercise is such a tangible way to start this kind of self-healing or this self-discovery journey. I think there's so much beauty in that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I feel the same way. I mean, I have a lesson called move it or lose it sister. Like you gotta, you gotta move your body. You have to move your body. We all know that for sure. But so many of us put so much weight into the exercise. Like, Oh, I have to be doing this. I should be doing this. I should be doing that. But the fact of the matter is none of that really matters if you aren't looking inwards. And I found that when, when I first started coaching, I did 12 week transformation challenges and I did three of them a year. And there was a two week time period in between the first one and the second one. And then there was a summer break between the second one and the third one. And then that other Christmas break at the very end. So what was happening would, was that I would have all of these women who would do a 12 week challenge. And then during those two weeks off, they would totally kibosh and self-sabotage and they would gain all the weight back and they'd be knocking on my door for the next challenge. And I was like, oh my gosh. I'm not teaching them anything by teaching them how to repair their relationship with food and macros and exercise. All that I'm teaching them is that physicality part. And truth be told, my personal journey was so much more than that. And I love what you said about how, you know, talking about Oracle cards that might not be speaking to people. And this is exactly what I teach inside of my program is that there are going to be 
pieces that you resonate with. And there are going to be pieces that you don't resonate with all of our spiritual awakening journey is going to be individual. We are all going to have our own unique experience, but there is a collective rising happening right now. There are millions of women awakening right now, right? And they don't exactly know what that is or what that means or how to, they just feel that like, for me, how it came to be that I was aware of my journey was that I did become a mother and I, I did start to look at my own childhood and I started asking those questions like, how could they, how could they treat me like this? How could they have done that? I would never do that to this little baby. And now, now my son is, he's going to be 18 years old in three months. What? First of all, a lot of reflecting going on. I'm like, Oh my God, my baby's not a baby. This is his last Christmas as a child. And Oh my gosh. So much. Yeah. And initially there was a lot of guilt and shame for the way that I showed up for him in those few years, because I was freaking angry. I was so experienced that too. A lot of people do. They call it the dark night of the soul for a reason. Your spiritual awakening can be a very dark time. We can hang out in that energy of resentment and anger and disappointment and all those things as, as things come to light, you said it yourself, like, you know, we have to bring things to light and, and that's exactly it in order to clear we have to bring things to light. They cannot clear if they're being swept under the rug. And sometimes that means being the black sheep of the family and saying like, Hey, wait a second, this is not okay. Why are we, why are we totally okay with, in my experience, um, I'll just give you one example. I could give you a million. Um, But for example, we used to weigh, my grandma would weigh everyone at Thanksgiving dinner. She'd set out the scale one at a time we'd line up and we'd all get weighed. And what there was tradition a lot of, hell is this? Right? There was so much shame that came from that. And I Girlfriend. mean, I, I love my grandma. I've got nothing but love and tolerance and compassion and understanding for her. But when I look back at it and now I have a daughter and I'm like, oh my gosh. And my daughter is two days younger or sorry, two days older than my niece. And, you know, different parents, they, my, my sister is, um, the mother of my niece. So, you know, we're related, but different dads. And if you look at my niece, she's very tall and lean. And if you look at my daughter, she's also lean, but she's short. Like I'm, I'm a lot shorter than my older or than my younger sister is. And had we done that to them, they're only two days apart. They could very well gain some sort of complex or insecurity because they're going to be two very different weights because their body structure is different. And as adults, we can look at this and say like, oh, okay, well, yeah, I would never do that. Well, a lot of us are doing that. We're doing that. You just don't realize it. Yeah. We're doing it in subconscious ways. Like, Oh, did you see so-and-so? Wow. I can't believe, you know, she's, she's really let herself go since having the baby or blah, 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 blah. We make innocent little comments. Well, you know, the, the more aware you are, the less you make them, but there's a lot of people who are still making these innocent comments in the presence of our children. And are yeah. we not all here to create a better life for our children? Absolutely. Yeah. It's so funny. That just reminds me, um, just a little anecdote. My son is four, my daughter's six. And, um, it was funny. My, my son was like, mom, you have a fat, butt because, mm-hmm. It's just funny to them. It's not, it's not like we say fat, like a bad word around here. Um, They know that we have body fat. Right. And it's funny because we're very body positive. If I want to walk around in underwear and a t-shirt, it's my dang house and I will do it. So when he said that, I was like, listen, mommy, mommy hears you. Thank you. I'll take it as a compliment, but just make sure that when we use words like fat, sometimes that can hurt people's feelings. So let's use words like thick. And so now yeah. my four-year-old's walking around going, you have a thick booty. I'm like, <laughs> booty. <"Son."> Thanks, baby. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Know. It's just so funny, like trying to navigate and like hearing, hearing my kids kind of repeat back to me uh, some of the things that they've heard or like some things that I've said, even like, it's just such a weird and wonderful journey. Like how do we navigate like instilling true body positivity and weight neutrality also and kindness in that same breath? Because my kids understand that having body fat is not a bad thing at all. 
but you know, when my four-year-old's walking around saying fat, like it's like, it's silly. I'm like, mm-hmm. someone's going to get hurt by that. Someone that's not in this house is eventually going to get hurt by that. This weird that. conversations to have to, to navigate, you know, how is it with, with older kids, like trying to navigate that? Do you see that they kind of reflect some of the same values that you hold? Yeah, we have um, so many conversations. I mean, my kids are 17 and 13. So when um, they were younger was the time period where I was the angriest. And today our conversations a lot of the time center around, um, you know, healing from that. Like I'm very open with my children that they chose me as their mother, their souls chose me as their mother. And that, yes, I probably have done some things that have traumatized them. It's important to understand that every single one of us has trauma, every single one of us, there's no such thing as a human who has not been traumatized. And sometimes we really struggle with that. If we feel like we've had a really good childhood, we're like, no, my parents were great. I was not traumatized. My parents are amazing. And like it, it, me saying that I'm traumatized is implying that my parents were bad. No, that's not the case at all. We can't compare trauma. Anytime that we feel unseen, unheard, unloved, or misunderstood as children, that is a traumatic experience. And our body will hold that trauma. Our energy will hold that trauma. So today, a lot of the conversations that I have with my children are about like, hey, you are going to have to heal from your childhood. You're, I'm going to set you up in whatever way I can to help you heal from that childhood. And let's be real. The beginning of my journey was very ugly when it comes to the physical part. I mean, I hired, I hired bodybuilding coaches. I was eating like a freaking bird exercising seven days a week, two a days, multiple times. I did two a days. Mm -hmm. I like go to the gym first thing in the morning, go to the gym right before bed. Like that was extremely unhealthy. When I finished coaching with my first coach, I had an extreme eating disorder. Um, I had people asking me for help at that point. And I was like, Oh, you do not want my program. You, (laughs) I could definitely tell you how to get yourself stage lean and get on a stage. But I mean, I did bodybuilding twice and I sucked at it. I wasn't very good at it at all. And now actually I just went through an exercise where I unfollowed all the fit pros on my social media because I was like, I don't need to see this. I do not need to see this because even though I'm very comfortable and very confident in my body today, and I mean, I'm going to be real with you, my exercise doesn't look at all like it used to. I I hike once or twice a week. I do yoga. I've got a set of eight pound dumbbells next to my yoga mat. That's it. That's all once upon a time. And I have a full gym in my basement. I have a full gym. I can use it if I want to, but I just don't feel called to different reasons, different seasons. Mm -hmm. I feel like we don't, we don't need to maintain this, you know, a certain level of activity. Um, I just posted something on my, um, story today. It's like, I I think there's this huge misconception that like, well, because like you said, the people that you are following are like pros, it's in the name, Mm -hmm. fit pros. And if you're Mm -hmm. a fit pro, you have to hold yourself to a very different standard than Mm -hmm. a fitness professional who is not going on stage. So to have that expectation of yourself is ludicrous, not only to maintain for a lifetime, that's insane. But like, I was just talking about this morning about how, like, you know, I have weeks where I'm lucky to get like two 20 minute sessions in during the week, um, or like my backup plan to work out for the day. If I miss my morning session, cause I was so tired, I overslept or whatever the backup plan fails. And I do that several days in a row. It's literally like, you have to be flexible and grace giving when it comes to like what you want your routine to look like. And ultimately if you're unhappy you are not going to sustain it. So if eight pound dumbbells and yoga makes you happy and it's, it's achievable and maintainable, which is the most, you know, I feel like consistency overall is the most important. Cause if you can show up when you're happy, show up when you're sad, show up. However, that's way more important than just waiting for the right time air quotes to show up. Absolutely. I just, I love that you said that and that you're honest with that because I think sometimes people think I work out all the time and I'm like, right now I'm lucky if I get like two or three times a week. And I just joined this like, um, 
I, I joined some coaching, but I, I opted for like, I don't need the mindset coaching for my fitness right now. So I just, basically, I just wanted someone else to write a plan for me. Mm-hmm. So I'm working with this, um, PT who is prescribing exercise, just regular workouts. And they're like five, six days a week right now. And I'm like, you know what? I will do half of these. Totally. And if and I get, and I get weeks. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, listen, like I will do half of these. I will do the upper body, one lower body and one conditioning. And Absolutely. I'm going to do joyful movement the rest of the time, because this does not feel like me. And that's totally okay. I just, well, I'll tell you, Chloe, I focus on with the women that I work with. I focus on alignment. I call it spiritual. That's balancing your mind, body, and soul. And since I took, since I took the focus of exercise and macros out of my program, the women that I work with still see 20 to 30 inches of loss in 12 weeks. Like that's, that's a big difference. That's like yeah. from a large to a small, like 20 to 30 inches. Think about yeah. your body. And starting in January, my program will be 16 weeks instead of 12. So that 20 to 30 inches, I'm sure will improve. And that is just by the number one thing that they focus on is a morning ritual. Because yes. for a lot of women who are a little bit confused about their spiritual awakening, a morning ritual is a great way to make me time non-negotiable. And let's be real, you're going to, you're going to show up so much better if you align with your higher self before you interact with anyone else in the day. And when I first started this, like 10 plus years ago, my morning ritual consisted of waking up at five 30 in the morning, which is crazy, but my kids got up at six. So I had to wake up before them. I, would make my coffee. I would grab my journal and I would just slowly sip my coffee and I would journal on everything that I was grateful for from the day before. And it's so simple, but back then that was the only time I had to myself. And the fact of the matter is we are going to be way more productive with our time. When we spend that time for alignment in the morning, we're way less likely to procrastinate. We're way less likely to self-sabotage throughout the day. Do you have to work out five days a week? Hell no, but you do have to take time for yourself every morning. I, I truly believe that I'm manifesting my body. I'm manifesting my body. I'm not down in the gym five days a week, but I'm rocking a solid four, four pack, 365 days a year. It's not a six pack anymore, but I I don't really want the six pack anymore. Yeah. And like, I seriously... I feel that in the depths of my soul, like the information is there, but I mean, you and I know very well that your outcomes are completely dictated by your beliefs around those outcomes. And if you don't realize that, you know, deep in your mind, if you have already, if you have grown up and not processed through, um, you know, some of the disordered tendencies, like my basically weighing yourself at a holiday, my weight is directly tied to my, my value as a human being, or, you know, the amount of calories that I eat has to be this like, okay, duh, science. There's some, there's some tools, right? There's, there's rules that exist and there's, there's science out there. And I'm not saying that the science isn't true, but the science is amplified when you're not only following the set of, you know, rules or structures, but how can you make that, that information, that very structured, unfluctuating information fit into alignment with yourself? If it aligns with you and it like amps you up to record your macros because it makes you feel empowered knowing exactly what's going in your body, sis, do it. (laughs) If it doesn't, you do not have to track your food in any way, shape or form to still get results. And I think that's where a lot of coaches will like, that's where the, it's where the grayest area is because I mean, my, my spiritual journey hasn't, the pendulum hasn't swung quite as far as I would say, like I, I perceive yours is, which I love. And I, I look to you for that. I'm very inspired by the way that you, that you exist in the world, but still, even with like my little corner of spirituality, I mean, I used to be so active. Like I was teaching on my feet, like, I don't know, over 30 hours a week of dance on my feet while I was like about to give birth and like, okay, sure. I was really fit, but I actually feel like I have a much more, like, I will just say it. Like my body is slamming right now and I'm doing much, much less. And I'm a lot, lot happier. (laughs) 
Absolutely. I am with you. I am with you. And I think about, you know, I'm going to say about four years ago, four years ago was sort of like the peak of my business, the peak of my fitness, the peak of like everything seemed like it was going well, but at my detriment, I was very stuck in my masculine energy. I was working, I was burning the candle at both ends, teaching boot camp four days a week, doing personal training from my, my basement gym multiple times a week. I my online business was thriving, but I was probably working, I would say 80 to 90 hours a week, 80 to 90, like waking up with my cell phone. Cause I have clients at all different time yeah. zones all over um, Canada and, and the, and the States. So I had clients in every time zone I'm in Pacific, like you are. So by the time I woke up at six in the morning, my Eastern clients were already messaging me and yeah. I didn't have any boundaries at the time. So I was just constantly, constantly go, 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 go. Yeah. And yeah, I was super duper fit. I was more fit than I am right now, but I was not happy. I was not happy at all. I was drained yeah. constantly. I was constantly flipping out of my family, which was the opposite of what I, what I got into my spiritual journey to, to rectify in the first yeah. place. And, um, you know, we've all had those clients who they're following their macros to a T and everything's going great. And then all of a sudden their, their progress stops. Why is that? Why is that? I will tell you my theory you know, it's, we all think that it's diet and exercise, but really it's healing from the trauma that made us feel unworthy in the first place. I had put my worth into my body, my ability to succeed because I come from also poverty and no one in my family had even graduated high school, let alone go to college, let alone own a business, let alone grow a thriving business. And we, we get to this point where do we believe we're actually worthy of this or not? And so many of us aren't even aware. It's, it's so deep into our subconscious that we're not even aware that this is why we stopped having progress. So on one end, you've got everybody who's following their macros, doing their exercise, everything's to a T and they, they stop having progress. And on the other end, you've got the Chloe's and the Jenny's of the world who are literally manifesting our bodies with very little effort. So science can really only go so far. Science doesn't take the energetics into, into account here because, and at some point we can shoot ourselves in the foot, even if we're doing everything right, but we have that subconscious belief that we are not worthy of that body or that job or that relationship, whatever it is that you're striving towards right now. Yeah. I feel like the way that I visualize this is like, if you were to just basically this this standard air quotes journey that we think of, which is all the measurements and all of the things, all of the, all of the what, right. But the how truly, like, I feel like the standard fitness approach is like the car as it is, right. The vehicle will go. If you put gas in the tank, you'll get somewhere, right. Everybody's car needs different types of types of maintenance, but ultimately you're going to get where you need to go right? But if you want to go faster and further, the energy, the magic is like the nitrous, right? I know nothing about cars, but you know, you hit the nitrous. I do a lot about cars. Oh, there. well, I mean, you hit the nitrous and then you're just like, you get propelled to where you're going. And that's how I visualize. What's that? I said, just add a supercharger. Perfect. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying is like, you can, you can like, not necessarily even fast track, but you can like really make these awesome modifications through energy work, through your essence, through your own personal magic. You can call it confidence. You can call it energy. You can call it spirituality, whatever you want. But like that thing that makes you, it's just like your own vibes. (laughs) It's embodiment. It's it's like, through and through it is embodiment like we can do all the affirmations we can write we can do all the law of attraction practices that we want but if we still have those subconscious beliefs that we are not worthy of it then we're never going to align with it we have to tap into that embodiment and I have clients that I work with and they're like okay Jenny you talk about embodiment how do I actually do it and I do have lessons about this but you know sometimes there's a little bit of resistance there like did you watch the embodiment lesson no I didn't okay maybe start there But in a nutshell, embodiment is like the difference between 
hoping for it and truly believing that it is meant for you. Because think about this for a second. None of us are meant to suffer. None of us are meant to be unhappy or unhealthy in our own skin. None of us are meant to suffer financially with scarcity and lack and that yeah. fear of when's the next paycheck coming or it's never going to be enough. Um, like my husband's in the corporate world and he, you know, is just a number. He's literally just a number and he, he loves his job. He gets paid well to do it, but there's no passion there because he's at the end of the day, just a number. And you can only go so far in that world. And no matter what your, your goal is, the key to truly aligning with it is embodying it, like tapping into that energy of how am I going to feel when I've already accomplished this goal? Like in, just visualizing and feeling that is so powerful. You said it's not like we can um, fast track it, but we absolutely can. (laughs) We can manifest extremely quickly when we tap into that energy of embodiment and everyone's like, Oh, you know, the law of attraction is a farce. Yeah. Yeah. The law of attraction kind of is a farce. You can't exactly think your way into your results because it's missing the embodiment piece. But once you add that embodiment piece, absolutely you can, because when you send, when you tap into that energy of I am on that beach and that rock and bod making money from my laptop, working three hours a week and having my food and drinks delivered to me while my children play in front of me, or (laughs) it's soon to be my case, eventually grandchildren play in front of me. (laughs) Um, You know, when you can tap into that energy and you can feel the way that you're going to feel the energetic frequency that you send out there to the universe has no choice, but to be matched with your desire. The fact that you even have a desire tells you that you are meant for it, that you are worthy of it, that it is in your realm of possibility. Yeah. I love that. And it reminds me actually, so like not just expand on this. Mm -hmm. I find sometimes that people want to be in full belief and this is myself included. And I realized because like we can still have like that big boulder dream in the distance, but I think manifesting for me means like if I need to meet myself halfway and kind of visualize what it would look like the step before I get to the step I want to be, that to me is so much more achievable in terms of like really aligning my mindset, really aligning my actions and really aligning my beliefs. And then I get that outcome. And then I go, oh, look at that. I've built some self-trust. Now I'm seeing, and now I'm really starting to see this, you know, this vision of my future in the distance and it's closer than I thought. So this is where I feel like the small wins play a big role too in that visualization too which I'm sure, you know, we don't start gigantic. We have to reverse engineer and build up. And Mel Robbins said something. um, I think it was like on a reel or something. And I sent it to my clients too, because it was awesome. Basically like the reason you're not getting the Ferrari, the reason you're not, you know, getting the, I mean, I don't know, (laughs) whatever, whatever your manifestation is, maybe you want to like go take a trip to Greece and have your food served to you by a delicious Grecian man. Who knows? But I feel like, um, so she was, she was talking about how the reason that that's not happening, like you can sit there and manifest it is because you're sitting there in your, like, she used the example of like in your, um, in your studio apartment, um, you don't even have a, like a bed frame yet mm-hmm. saying that, yeah, this is mine, but you're not aligning your actions. So Absolutely. like dream big, but like not not as like the default, if that makes sense, like bring it in, make some small wins. Like, can you visualize yourself having food freedom? Like maybe you can't picture your body with the six pack, but maybe you can picture like having a healthy meal. And I know you and I both agree on this. It's never, it's never, um, our circumstances that determine our results. And this goes right along with what Mel Robbins talks about. And I love that you brought her up because she is one of my favorites. Um, she She brings everything forward. She blends spirituality and science together in such a beautiful way, because there are a lot of people who are like, Ooh, woo woo. That's, that's too woo woo. Okay. Well, it's working for me is what you're doing working for you. Maybe, maybe not. I'm not sure, but (laughs) I'll take the woo. Yeah. (laughs) It's not the woo, it's the way. I'm like, yes, hey, I'm, I got you. Be on a t-shirt. <laughs> absolutely. Can absolutely. this, you know what? 
Let's make that the title of this episode. It's not the woo, it's the way. I fucking love that. Excuse my French. Um, it's okay, you're but, allowed to swear. Okay, beautiful. Yeah, that's me to a, to a T. But you're absolutely right. It is in the action. This is why the women that work with me, I, I really, again, I preach that morning ritual. For myself, I actually don't do a morning ritual every single day anymore because now I tap into that multiple times throughout the day. So I feel like the morning ritual isn't necessary anymore, but I know that when I first started my journey, the morning ritual was so important. And again, if you are aligning with your higher self, first thing in the morning, you are going to be so much more likely to take that action. And at the end of the day, it is the action that creates the results, but you have to be open to receiving all what this is really all about your spiritual awakening journey. It's really all about strengthening your own intuition, because when you strengthen your intuition, we have all of the answers. Every single answer is already within us. And when we can strengthen our intuition, we're going to be so much more aware of the possibilities and the opportunities when they present themselves. When we're stuck in that energy of scarcity and lack and fear and blaming, complaining and criticizing, an opportunity can be right in front of our nose and we might not even see it because we are just so unaware. So tapping into that intuition, taking that action when those opportunities come our way, we are going to align with with the life that we're looking to create and that life that we're looking to create it's not about suffering it's not about suffering we might think that it you know that's because of our circumstances because of our upbringing that that's all that is available to us but that's just a little bit of deprogramming that needs to be done yeah you know I keep getting this visual like over and over as you've been talking I'm like envisioning this like pile of laundry in front of me and it's probably laundry because laundry and dishes as we talked about before starting recording are like my two biggest pitfalls that just oh literally weigh me down and I'm envisioning like this one shirt like the one shirt that I have just been looking for and I'm like where the fuck is this shirt I have been looking for days I cannot find it I'm so frustrated when you're like frantically digging through laundry really like that shirt is like it's like the life that you want and all the crap piled on top is all the excuses, all the external mm-hmm. circumstances. Maybe you have, um, maybe you even have some things like working against you. Like maybe you're a minority or like an underprivileged group, uh, you know, there's all these things that can be stacked against you and then throw your trauma on top of it. And that pile gets gigantic and we look at it and we go, there's no way I'm getting through this. Like, so then you think, instead of uncovering the pile, you let it sit there and you're like, I'm going to start a new pile. So here's the new me. Right. And now I'm just going to like, I'm going to start working on like taking, you know, I'm going to do my macros. I'm going to do my exercise and I'm going to pretend that that's okay. But you're like, this shirt really isn't what I want. (laughs) But what you really have to do to me, this visual is like, stop focusing on the stuff that doesn't matter. Stop doing things just for the sake of doing start digging in, even if it's one shirt at a time and you go super slow, eventually you will get to the bottom of that pile. If you're consistent and you're aware of like how you're offloading these things. But I feel like a lot of the time when we get that overwhelmed, we cannot do it alone. And you and I know this because we both invest in our own coaching for our own sake. And like you said before, you've got several coaches and so do Mm -hmm. I. I just feel like it's so important for like people to understand that it is possible to find the answer. <laughs> it's Absolutely. so possible. Like, girls, stop distracting yourself with other chores when you really just need to handle the laundry. Stop yeah, it. it's it truly is a coping mechanism. It's just a way of distracting and disassociating. And that's so important what you brought up. Like none of us, if we could do it alone, we would have by now. Like, like be real with yourself. If you could do what it is that you want to be doing right now on your own, you would have already done it. Yeah. There's no number of excuses because we always find the time, the money, the resources. We always find the, whatever it is that we need for the things that are a priority to us. But for so many of us, 
we have that underlying belief that we are not worthy of prioritizing, especially when we're mothers, especially when we're mothers. It's, you know, the martyr syndrome that so many of us have that, oh, I've got to put the kids in the house and the husband and the dogs and everything else ahead of ourselves. I I have to be the perfect worker. I can't, it's selfish of me to take time to myself. Um, But what does that do? That just attracts more of those experiences, more of those feelings back into our life. Yeah. Well, and it's quality over quantity. Like just the first thought on the top of my head is like, would you rather, and I guess this is a mindset thing really, because like, would you rather buy one time you make one investment one time, knowing that that product is going to last you a lifetime, it will never break or it has a lifetime warranty. Or Mm -hmm. are you going to buy the same $20 thing 1500 times throughout your life to keep replacing this thing that is very low quality. And I feel like we take the same approach with ourselves is like, we think like the big one I hear all the time is like, okay, yeah, sure. Like I'd love to work out, but like, it's selfish. I have chores to handle and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you realize you are shortchanging yourself. You are going to continue to break down over and over and over and over. And like, It's not quality time with your kids. If you feel like shit, that energy transfers over to your kids. When you feel bad about yourself and you're saying, oh, don't touch my belly, like, or, oh man, I look so fat in this. Even just the way that your energy is like your kids are so they're sponges. My kids know, you know, when I'm feeling good or bad or whatever. And so I'm always very real with them. Number one. And number two is like, my bottom line is if I don't take care of me, literally nobody else will feel cared for because if Mm -hmm. I can't even show up for me, because I have, I'm around me all the time. If I can't show up for me, how do, how can I possibly expect to show up as the quality mom that I want to be? If, if I'm just depleted, it makes no sense to me. You can't. And you're right. Our kids are so intuitive. They have not lost that connection with their intuition. When babies are born, what do they do? They, they cry when they need to eat. They cry when they're wet. They cry when they need to be held. They listen to their intuition. And that's the only thing that guides them. Look at a toddler. A toddler has no problem saying no. A toddler has no problem respecting its own soul And a toddler knows its own boundaries, no problem whatsoever. But yet us as adult women, we struggle with the same thing. A toddler will tell you when he's hungry, but a woman may not. A toddler will move when it has, when it has extra energy, but an an adult woman may not. Um, You can't pour from an empty cup. And so many of us are, I, I talk to my clients who have young children and I'm like, you know, I've been there. I have been sitting on the bench at the park with my kids begging me to play with them. And I had no energy and no drive and I couldn't play with them because I, it, it brought up so much pain for me from my childhood, from my parents not playing with me because I was just avoiding yeah. all of the trauma healing that I yeah. knew deep down needed to be done. Yeah. It's, it's so wild. Like I, I've been saying this to <laughs> random in random conversations actually really recently. Like I'm just thinking of like, I'm very proud that despite all of the challenges that we face as a society these days, I am really proud to be in like a very pro therapy era where like, Mm -hmm. you know, this is, I I feel collectively, we are becoming more open to healing in general, whatever that looks like. Um, And, you know, I've, I've been working my way back, um, basically, 2020 was like the peak of the most difficult, ugly season. And I'm just now coming out of it. So I'm like feeling amped and just fresh eyes for everything. But I've literally been like working in reverse with my trauma. And now I'm slowly going back now before 2020 and realizing things that have happened before 2020 and like healing through all of these things. But you don't start at the at the bottom sometimes like you really just need to like you said, just like create more awareness, bring it to light, at least acknowledge that it's there. Because if we can't even admit that we have trauma, then we're not going to go anywhere. Like Mm -hmm. how are you supposed to clear the way 
if you're just completely like, nope, I do not see that roadblock. I refuse to acknowledge it. I see that the road is closed and nope, it's fine. I'm just going to drive through. Crash. Yeah, well, that's, that's what so many of us have been doing. And it's clearly <laughs> not working for us or else we wouldn't feel the need to change. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Oof, trauma. And you know what? Maybe trauma is too heavy of a word. Maybe people, maybe people real, like they think, like you said, like, oh, I had a great childhood. I don't have any trauma. I don't understand why I'm this way. So maybe let's reword it then. Let's just say like, let's say maybe misalignments. Maybe mm-hmm. we can say like, you know, downloaded beliefs. Maybe we could say programming. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to be so heavy for it to have a heavy impact. Like we've all, we've all heard that, you know, just one stone in the water can create a massive ripple. It's the same thing with us. It's like, we don't, we may not realize that the things that we've heard or, you know, the things that people have said to us, the way people have treated us, we may not like consciously be aware of the impact that it's had. And this is why we have to do that deep digging in order to understand why am I the way that I am? I want to know more. And just with a, with a poise of curiosity, I feel is the way to approach trauma. And, you know, for, for those who do feel like I haven't even had a traumatic childhood, I had a beautiful childhood. My parents were great. Just, just think about this perspective for a second. Even birth, birth is traumatic. We start this lifetime with a traumatic event. It doesn't matter how you were born. It was traumatic (laughs) to go from that beautiful womb space covered in your nice, warm amniotic fluid. Love some goo. (laughs) Just, you know, hearing mostly your mother's heartbeat, feeling so super safe and secure to all of a sudden, whether you were born through C-section or whether you were born vaginally, just being all of a sudden projected into to this cold, bright yeah. room handled by hands that you've never felt in your lifetime, of course, that's traumatic. Yeah. So just consider that perspective that, you know, you may not be aware, but we have all experienced some things that, that change us, that yeah. change us. It's well, not about healing, really. I mean, I talk about trauma healing all the time. It's really about remembering Remembering Mm -hmm. who we truly are, remembering what our soul signed up for, remembering that we are perfect and we are worthy and we are, there's nothing wrong with us. It's just that all of these experiences that we've had over our life, all of these different circumstances that we've been surrounded with our whole life have created a lot of limiting beliefs and lack of self-trust. Do you think, I just had like this weird epiphany moment. Do Mm. you think the reason we're constantly striving for perfection and we feel this misalignment or we feel this like, I'm not perfect, you know, cue all of the dumping of the feelings of shame and et cetera, is because we're remembering our perfection in the womb. We're remembering our perfection that was designed for us. And then, boof, we come out into the world. And then all of a sudden we've got, you know, like that movie Inside Out, we've got all these different core memories. Some of them fade over time, but they shape who we are. And we've got all these little blue and red, like mm. positive and negative memories that build up. And deep down under that laundry pile, it's like, you know, beautiful little perfection embryo that you were. Like, to me, that's just, that's how now I feel suddenly I am mm. understanding my personal need for perfection. Although I know I don't believe you need to be perfect, but those thoughts still come up. So I'm curious, like, do you, do you feel like that's cuckoo nuts bananas or do you feel like that's that's cuckoo nuts bananas at all? I think that, um, we, our age group, our generation, our, like the mothers, the mothers right now, particularly and the fathers, don't get me wrong. I, I believe that fathers totally need to heal. I'm actually working on, um, hiring a coach for my husband. Um, Ooh. and I'm super excited for him for that. I think it'll be a really beautiful thing, but I think that we are going through this collectively for a reason. Mm. I think that we need to heal so we can, so we can set our children up to be the 
world changers. I really think that our children are here to change the world. There's a duality happening in this world right now where there's this collective anxiety and this collective need to improve and this collective need to catch up with the rat race. And I mean, just look at, I don't, I don't want to get into politics, but just look at the division, look at the division that's happening in the world. And then on the other hand, we have this collective rising that's happening right now, this collective remembering of who we are. And I do feel like like a reclamation. It is like a reclamation. It is absolutely. And as we heal ourselves, there's a ripple effect. We can look at this and, and this is scientific. We can look at this on a cellular level. When you heal yourself, you heal three generations before three generations after, um, after you, because when we were in our mother's wombs, so were our eggs for our daughters. And so were our, we were, when our, let me rephrase this. Okay. <laughs> when we were in our mother's wombs or when our mother was in our grandmother's wombs, our eggs were there too. So that we've to got, me is so wild. <laughs> like your wild. DNA is literally. All it goes three generations back, three generations forward. So whatever your grandmother was experiencing, if she had trauma and think about this, depending on how old your family is, I mean, my grandmother was dealing with, I mean, extreme things. She was one of 15 siblings. They were bootlegging alcohol in the bathtub. There was, there was, there was so much sexual assault, physical assault, emotional assault, mental assault. Like there was so much happening while she was in that child rearing age. And that was affecting, yes, my mother who was in utero, but also myself because my the egg that created me was in my mother's belly when she was in her mother's belly. So all of my grandmother's trauma is being passed down to me. Well, I also think the polar opposite is true. When we heal, we can heal three, three generations before and three generations after. And I see this because my mom is very resistant to her own healing journey. And I've been on this for over a decade. And now today I see her wanting to change. I see her wanting to make big shifts in her life. And I just actually had a reading with a medium with my mother and my grandmother. And it was beautiful. All three of us in the same place at the same time, getting all these messages from the other side. And it was absolutely beautiful. 10 years ago, would either one of my mother or my grandmother sign up for that? Hell no, absolutely (laughs) not. They would, they would have been like, Jenny, you're too woo for me. This is crazy. Yeah. Well, I just, that's just, it's so beautiful to also just have the validation that the healing may not happen in your lifetime. Like it might, the healing might happen when your child begins to heal. Mm-hmm. So it's just, I, I feel like if you can't do it for you, at least do it for them. Yeah. And secondly, if, if that is even a possibility, continue to try because like your healing is not done in vain. Even if like, you're always going to have work to do (laughs) there, there's always going to be healing to be done. You're never going to be like a perfectly pure being because you've already had, you know, all this stuff imprinted on you and it will continue to, you know, be in your, in your space. As you grow. Absolutely. It's a lifelong commitment. I always, I always tell people like, don't look at people like Chloe and myself as gurus. We are not gurus. We are right there with you. We are in the thick of it. We make the messiest, learned. my friend. We are. Oh, in the messiest of ways, in the messiest of ways. I, whenever I, whenever somebody joins my program, um, sacred self-empowered, I'm like, okay, but for real, please don't ever put me on a pedestal because I am right there with you. I am going through the thick of it. We never just arrive. We never go, get through the end of the awakening. It is yeah. a lifelong commitment and we are always striving towards aligning with our higher selves. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's, again, just such a reminder. I, I will never arrive, but I will keep journeying on. Like, just to understand that, like, you don't have, you don't necessarily have to have this destination, this utopia. (laughs) Like, it's okay. (laughs) You can be perfectly imperfect. And that is part of, like, the messy and I think just beautiful piece of being human is the complexity of all of our experiences. And having to navigate my own like grief and struggles, just even in this past year after losing my dad, like I 
I fucking hate grief so much. It's the, it's the worst, most, just the dirtiest friend to me. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like I have this weird relationship with my grief where I'm like, I am so grateful for you. Like, do you realize as crappy as I feel you've treated me, you have given me so much perspective and just this like profound, like inexplainable appreciation for just so many aspects of my existence because of pain. I think it's just like, this is the beauty of healing, like literally walking through the, the trauma healing, the trauma of losing my dad has like, obviously not something I wish to ever relive ever, but I'm like, there is purpose in all this pain. We don't have to just take it as painful and just suffer. Like you said, we're not destined to suffer. There's so much beauty on the other side when we choose to work through and process and honor our pain. So we can get to a higher, more elevated, more embodied, more integrated, more empowered space. And I love the name of your program, by the way. I think it's perfection. Thank you. I love it so much. It wasn't always named that way. I used to be muscles, macros, and mindset. (laughs) Which is so, when we talked about this, the triple M, this is why I feel like we're aligned. (laughs) Would you like my tank tops? I have like 200 extras. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, I'll take take some Um, triple M tanks and I'll rebrand them as. (laughs) Totally. But secret self empowered. I I do love it. And you know, whether you're listening and, and you are a coach or um, even if you never in a million years want to be a coach, I think that it's so important to know that like what you just shared, Chloe, when we go through this, there is a huge ripple effect and we are helping people around us without even realizing that we may be helping them every single time we heal. There is a ripple effect with the people around us. Oh yeah. And I feel like, I feel like healing is not, like you said, there's no destination. Like it's not one little like it's like a jawbreaker. You just get through another layer, you know, the except, giant jawbreaker. Except it's a reverse jawbreaker. We <laughs> never get to the center. We build out. It's like we're yes. building all these layers to create this expanded and protected little universe of our own. I feel mm-hmm. like to me, it's like the boundaries aren't gates. The mm-hmm. boundaries that we create when we heal, the 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 barriers, it's like it's just basically building your house up even stronger it would be like knocking down your crappy um like polyboard doors and making them like solid wood having like you know instead of your laminate flooring having like nice oak you know whatever it is like we're really just kind of strengthening the fortress that's all it is it's not necessarily that we're keeping people out or throwing things away it's just we get to build on top of who we already are And like you said, too, like with your, you mentioned like the old version of yourself is like, you know, the snake that shed its skin. It's like that old version of yourself is the teeny, 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 tiny center of the jawbreaker. And now you're like this beautiful, massive jawbreaker that takes up space in the world and is also equally delicious. Beautiful. (laughs) I will take it. Thank you. Love it. (laughs) I received that. Yes. A jawbreaker. I like it. It's a good visual. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would love to hear, um, actually, I would love if you could share if anybody is listening to this and they're like, I need to know this woman. I need to connect with her. I want to hear more of what she has to say. Where can they find you? Oh, thank you, Chloe. I love that. Um, I'm, I'm in a bunch of different places. I really like TikTok lately. I know you and I have talked about that. I'm Jenny Henderson live on TikTok and I always spell my name J-E and an I-E. Everyone assumes the Y and I'm like, no, I've got to be a little bit different actually. (laughs) (laughs) I decided that at the right age of 14. (laughs) I love it. It has stuck with me ever since then. Um, Instagram, Facebook, I'm all over those as well. Jenny Henderson. And, um, and yeah, I just, I, I focus more on my personal page than my business page. Anybody could look up sacred self-empowered and find it, but you're going to notice that it's definitely just a copy paste of my personal page because I like 
to get to know people. I, I truly believe that I meant to make an impact in this world. And some people will be impacted just by listening to me on podcasts like this. Some people will be impacted by me by consuming some of my free content that I post on those three platforms. Um, some people will be impacted by taking it a little bit of a step further and doing some of my masterclasses. I have ones like how to get out of your own damn way and mindset for mompreneurs, things like that. And then of course, there's going to be a group of women who are impacted by joining my program. And what I love so much that has really changed over the last several years is where I used to work with most people for 12 weeks. That was like the average amount of time that I worked with someone, they would do 12 weeks and then maybe they would come back. Maybe they wouldn't for a while there. Um, I mentioned before it was, it would be 12 weeks and then 12 weeks and then 12 weeks all over again, just these cycles. Yeah, that's right. Well, now I'm finding that most women that I work with, I'm working with them for about two years. It's really a beautiful thing. Um, I, if I look at the women who are in my program today, most of them have been there for over a year. And that's a beautiful thing because as we mentioned earlier, it really is a lifetime commitment. We're not going to go through any 12 week program and just feel like, okay, I've arrived. I'm done. No more healing needs to be done. I am good. No, I have been, well, our mutual coach, I've been with her for two and a half years. Like I just, there's so much value in, in staying connected with somebody, number one, who's a leader, who is where you want to be. But number two, in a community of like-minded, particularly women, but I'm not opposed to um, co-ed groups like ours, Yeah. (laughs) Um, but being a part of a community who's all on the same journey, we're all just trying to make an impact in this world and, and um, really connect with our true self, our higher self. And energetically speaking too, like, I don't want to go off on a whole other tangent because I was trying to wrap up, but you keep (laughs) saying things that are like sparking things in my own brain. But I, I feel like we, I mean, I've talked about this a thousand and one times, just like our need for a village, but also just give yourself some freaking permission to get help. You told me before this call that people are currently helping you organize your home and you made it happen. Like that to me, I feel like we society, we could dive into this like so, so deep, but society Mm. basically tells us like, you got to just get it done. Just get it done. You have to do it. Like get it done. Right. And we undersell our need for support. We do not, we like think probably because our own parents were doing it all on their own, like that we have to do this completely alone. There is nowhere that says, and ancestrally even, that is not how life was designed that was not how we evolved we did not evolve from like basically like married single moms that's That's not how that worked (laughs) community connection empowerment circle it was all so important it was all so important and I again not to go off on a tangent but I truly feel like that is um why so many of us are imbalanced in our masculine energy because of the dark that's in this world and bringing it back to balance bringing it back to connecting with our feminine side. And I even tell my husband to do this. He's a maker. He, he does um, metal work. And in order to be creative in his business, he has to tap into his feminine energy. And he's like, Oh, I'm so against, you know, it's resistant to that because I'm a man. I don't want to be feminine, but I'm like, no, babe, if you have a day where you have to be, where you have to be creative, why don't you start your day off with a bath? Like we have this great big soap tub yeah. and a big hand. like go lay in the bath for an hour. And he finally took me up on that. And he's like, Oh, well, you're so right. All my creative yeah. pieces are flowing. Yeah, of course. They I just, are. I don't understand. I literally like, again, we could talk about this for a mm-hmm. whole other thing, but I just don't understand. Like, why are we like making things like if you have a penis, this is the activities that you do. If you have a yeah. vagina, this is what you do. If you're somewhere in between, we don't know where to categorize you. So we're just going to, you know, put you in whatever box we see fit. Like mm-hmm. to me, that makes no sense. Like, oh yeah. Can we, can we just, <laughs> can we just Blue job, pink jobs? I don't think so. Like, like think yeah. So. I mean, come on, let's just enjoy things and experiment for the sake of finding different like frequencies in our energy and our souls, like it's okay if you want to work on cars, my dear. Or, you know, if your man's wants to take a bath, like go take a freaking bath. Listen, like more of this, please. More of it. (laughs) That's that's it. And like just going back a little bit too, like I was thinking just in terms of energy and 
you have to be, you have to surround yourself with the energy that you want to create. If you want to be calm, you get in the bath, right? That makes sense. If you want, if you want to have the energy of confidence and femininity and finding yourself and feeling empowered and strong, go get with people who feel that way. Like, absolutely. It's it's like going to a concert. You know how the music takes over your body and you can feel the Mm -hmm. bass in your chest and you leave feeling euphoric. That's what it feels like to be part of a coaching container. It does. It does. Because the right coaching day, container, I'll say. <laughs> we're the average of the five people that we spend our most time with. And if you are finding yourself in the office, just bitching with your coworkers all day, blaming, complaining, criticizing, well, guess what? You just, you just put yourself inside of that box. Which yeah. box would you rather put yourself in? Yeah. Or like if you're spending all day with just your whiny toddler, like we mm-hmm. love them, but also like you cannot just survive off of that. Like no you're absorbing and then you are re and this happens to me all the time because I, I am stuck at home too much and I'm working on that actively to not be just around my kids all the time. Because then if they're super whiny, if they're super like short tempered, if they're high anxiety, I end up reflecting that back to them and we like perpetuate each other's cycles of like, (laughs) yeah. So it's really important for you to have space, to have rest, to have you time to have other people that you can absorb from and ping pong off of. And you know what? I will just say, I am very blessed to have you as part of my collective five to have a space where there's highly intelligent, highly intuitive, and highly emotional beings in my space. Because I will just say, I have never felt better in my life, despite all the grief that I've experienced in this past year, despite the severe trauma that I went through in 2020 and beyond. And yet I am the happiest, the most balanced, even though I'm still out of balance and working on it, that I've ever been. And to me, that's, I I just, I feel like that's all I can say. You can't really put energy into words, but I'm feeling all of the loves. And so I just want to say thank you for giving some of that energy and allowing us to bounce, you know, bounce off each other today too. It's been nice. Thank you. Thank you. I feel like it is um, both giving and receiving. I think that it's a a beautiful thing and I love being in your energy and I'm, I'm grateful that our coach brought us together because that is my, that that's one of my top five, but but I consider our group as like you said, a collective energy and I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, you guys help raise me up. You're not dragging me down one bit. It's delicious. Like what we create in that coaching can container is, is great. And I love it so much. And I will just say, I'm going to throw it out there. I'm going to manifest this. I feel like there's a five-day challenge in our future, a collaborative five-day challenge of sorts, something, something in that capacity. How, how wonderful would that be? (laughs) Let's both tap into that feminine energy and all the creative juices will flow. Yes. Or maybe a retreat or something. Yes. Oh, I'm down for retreats. Let's do that. Last year. And I've got another one coming up in February and it is beautiful. Send me an invite, sis. I'd like to be there. (laughs) February is going to be a big month. Oh yeah. All right. I am so sad that this is over but we must, we must part (laughs) for today, (laughs) but I just want to thank you guys for listening. Jenny, I want to thank you so much for coming on and sharing and just being present with me today. I appreciate it. And I would love, I've been doing this lately and I'm feeling the vibes. Um, would you like to do the sign off? Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for spending your time and energy with me. I hope that you felt the love that was poured into this from both Chloe and myself. I hope to be back here again one day. Thank you again. And as always, be bold, be fit. Yes. (laughs) You did it.